Welcome back to Fearless as Fuck, the podcast. I am your host, Christina Lauren. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. I am so excited every week to know that we have been pushing this podcast to the point of bringing new listeners from all over the world for different reasons. And if this is your first time here, welcome. We love to cover anything and everything empowerment and confidence building on this podcast. And today we are going back to tackling the women's side of empowerment and talk all about women in business and I am bringing on a health and wellness influencer friend of mine from social media. We've never met in person. However, I have followed along her journey and it has run so parallel to mine that I was really excited to connect with her and bring her on. So we are bringing her on from Zoom. So I'm going to pop her on the screen really quick. Just want to welcome Araceli Velasquez. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing? So good to see you as in person as we can. I am going to go ahead and let Sally introduce herself because she has so many accolades to talk about. And I want to make sure she gets all the details in of her story and how she came to be where she's at in business. And we are going to cover a couple different topics. But one of the main topics I wanted to cover with Sally is something that's come up a lot in topics on TikTok lately with the women's and men's coach movements, which I think is huge because everyone needs a coach and everyone needs guidance, right? But one of the topics that's come up a lot is that you cannot be a feminine woman and embrace your femininity and also be a boss bitch (laughs) if they want to use that term. But for me, I, I really don't like how that term is a little derogatory. It kind of sounds a little off to me. So a woman in business can also embrace her femininity. And I really want to talk about that because it is possible. You can have both. You can have healthy relationships and have a business and operate as a woman in business on social media and get to have everything that you want and manifest exactly the life that you want to create for yourself. And she's done an incredible job at this. So I'm going to go ahead and let her talk about her startup and how she's gotten to where she's at today. Absolutely. Uh, Christina, thank you so much for having me first and foremost. Um, my name is Arsali Velasquez. For those of you guys who don't know me, I started at very humble beginnings. Uh, I started off as a personal trainer at the gym. I was doing that for three years. And basically, I used all of the knowledge that I learned in sales in health and all that other stuff. And eventually, I went off to creating my own businesses. And a lot of the beginning just was competitions. It was in the health field. And then afterwards, uh, COVID happened. And I'm sure that was a big breaking point for a lot of people. And that's when it made me realize first and foremost, that nothing in life is secure as much as you think that it is at any point in time, anything can happen. And that's where I actually started taking social media a little bit more seriously. So I took uh, everything that I did in person, I became a fitness influencer, competitor, and fitness model. And I did that for about four years. It was amazing. I absolutely love the culture and everything that it taught me. Uh, But eventually, I realized that I didn't want to, I was more than fitness. I was fit 
fitness, I was beauty, I was business. And I started uh, reaching out more towards that. And that's when I really took a deep dive into business. Uh, currently, I do a lot of e-commerce. I've done some real estate. I have an academy where I coach over 200 women on how to make a passive stream of income from home. And now that's what I'm doing uh, full-time. I love to make an impact. I love to make money. And uh, I am also a girlfriend and uh, a mommy of two Frenchies. Uh, so I have a little family of my own. Um, but uh, a lot of my beginnings started all with that. And now I like to say that I really prospered and expanded my horizons to like what a woman is because of the fact that people just take into consideration a woman can only be one thing when in reality we can be so many different things. Right. And that's a really important topic to bring up, too, because you can be so multifaceted. You don't have to put yourself in a box and label yourself as one thing. I know I struggled with that for a long time in the different jobs and careers that I've had. I labeled myself as you're a hairstylist or you're a fitness competitor or, you know, you're this. And when you put yourself into such a box of one thing, you're not allowing yourself to branch out and potentially see what else there is out there for you. And for me, I never thought I would wind up in a coaching position or even on a podcast to to be honest. And here I'm sitting here and it's become one of the biggest parts of my career in my life that is continuing to evolve, but I wouldn't have wound up in this spot unless I had keep it, had, had keep it, had kept an open mind about everything. Um, one of the commonalities I've seen between you and I, and also a lot of other entrepreneurs is that fitness was a little bit of a gateway. And yeah. I would love to hear your opinion on this because for me, I always feel like fitness is the building blocks to really seeing your true potential and not saying that you have to be a competitor to see your true potential, but the health and wellness and doing things for yourself and becoming your best self in a physical way really puts yourself on a platform to see what you're capable of. Because when you feel good on the inside, you really prosper on the outside. Would you say that the fitness and health and wellness on just your personal life, even outside of competing has had a big effect on how you're showing up in your entrepreneurial space. A hundred percent. I tell every single person and even the people that I coach, you know, it has nothing to do with fitness at, at all, but at the same time it does because it's about the principles that it teaches you. And of course, like you and I, we went to the absolute extreme of the extreme where it's like we were competing. And uh, at one point I competed for two years straight, did nonstop because I was so in that space and in that culture. Um, but what I can say, it, it taught me how to be consistent. And also not just that, but it, it taught me how to be consistent when there's no reward. Um, you know, when I was competing, I would uh, do the diet, I would, you know, do the workouts, I would do all the posing and stuff. And then afterwards, let's say, you know, you didn't win. Uh, you would still stay consistent over and over. And at a certain point, I realized that it wasn't really about the trophy at all. It, it, in the end, it didn't have anything to do with the trophy. It had to do with how I felt. I felt amazing because my self-confidence, you know, I felt good. On top of it, you're, you're uh, getting nutrients in your body. You have this insane amount of energy. And on top of it, you're working towards something bigger than yourself, right? Every single day, sometimes uh, it, I find a lot of people, they just wake up with no purpose. 
when you're competing and even outside of competing, let's say you're just working towards a goal, let's say it's losing 10 pounds, et cetera, or just being overall healthier. When you're working um, towards a goal, the way that you move is so different. So it taught me a lot of consistency and a lot of self-confidence too, just to love myself at every single phase of the journey. You know, I love myself when you know, I was at, uh, you know, uh, the bulking season. I loved myself uh, during when I was cutting. I loved myself during, you know, off season, etc. And it really uh, teaches you also that there's a season for everything. And every single season has a purpose just in life, in business, in relationships. You know, there might be your season um, where you're not seeing results, but it's time to tuck your head down. And then there's another season where you get to enjoy life a little bit more it's never just going to be always consistent or you're always going to be at the top of your success there's a lot of ups and downs but it's totally worth it right I'm really glad you explained it like that too because that was one of the hardest lessons when I first started competing was to understand the seasons of what competitive what your competitive uh, career too. looks like. It's so hard it's really hard to see yourself go from you know potentially a low point to the highest point of your physical you know, physique. And then you realize that you don't get to keep that hundred percent of the time because one, it's not healthy, but like you said, there's seasons and there's, there's portions of that fitness journey that don't look alike, but embracing every single one of them is important. And the more you do it, the more you understand the importance. And then you carry that over into your life. And the best way I looked at it was in my career, if I was not exactly where I wanted to be and I was more in a learning process, I was more in an absorption process of trying to understand where I wanted to go, I had to embrace that and not get upset with myself that I'm not exactly as far as along as where I'd want to be because there's a, there's a reason for the season. There's a reason why you're going through a certain portion of time where maybe you're not making a ton of money, but you're, you're not ready for that yet. You have things you have to learn first. And it's frustrating because we all want to be at the top so quickly, but we forget about the journey and the process and all of the amazing things that kind of, kind of happen inside that. And when you can embrace it, you learn and you grow so much. Um, and one of the big topics that I talk about on this podcast is hitting rock bottom because it can sound like such a shitty thing when you're like, oh, they hit rock bottom. Like, oh my gosh, at the bottom of the barrel, you know, they, they just really went down. It can be a really negative way to look at it, but I think everybody really has to hit a breaking point for a breakthrough to happen. And every single person that we bring on this podcast who has found a powerful, you know, testimony to take from their painful situations and use it to fuel them on their way up. There's always that breaking point that someone has that they're just like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with feeling like this, or I'm done being broke, or I'm done being in this toxic relationship or whatever their hardship is. They make that conscious decision to be like, I'm, I don't want to be here anymore. And I want more for myself. So I always like to ask people, what was your breaking point? What happened that you were just tired of living the way you were living and wanted to make a change for yourself? So one of the biggest transformations uh, that really happened to me 
was uh, back around the time that I was at 21. Uh, so I was finally done with competing and I was like, huh, I, I really want to see what's out there. You know, during that phase, it was just all me, me, me. I wasn't going out to dinner. I wasn't, you know, going out to clubs or anything. I wasn't meeting people. It was just very a growing phase. So right after that, I was like, all right, I'm ready to start dating. And I got into a very toxic relationship uh, without really even knowing it because you don't know at the time. Uh, and it was very verbally abusive. Um, you know, my self-confidence was just shot down the drain. Um, he pulled me away from my family a lot. Um, there was a lot of, you know, creating jealousy. And again, at that point, I believe that I didn't see it. I was blind to it because I probably thought at that moment that that's the type of man that I thought that I deserved. And what ended up happening is when I finally decided to end the relationship, which I still, I'm just so in shock knowing myself now. I'm like, how did it take me two years to get out of that relationship? You know, now, now if that were to ever happen within like a minute, that person's gone. Um, but what ended up happening is the breaking point was at the point where I was crying almost every single day. I was being told like terrible, terrible things. And I knew myself and I sat there thinking of the person who I was before the relationship. And I won I, I remembered I was always so happy. I was always so positive. I was always so helpful. You know, I was like a son in the room. And then I sat there looking at myself. I'm like, I'm the furthest thing away from that. How did this happen? And uh I took it that that a bad relationship like that could do that uh, to you so a lot of the reason that I stayed I believe is because of the fact that financially I didn't think that I could do it by myself we lived together and I thought well if I leave this relationship, I'm back to zero, right? I have to go move in with my mom. I have to do this. We start thinking of all these things that we don't want to do. But then once I did it, I was like, who cares? You know, who cares that you're, if you're starting at zero, if I continue this relationship, I'm going to be at like negative 50. So I'm better off getting out at zero and then building from there. So when I left the relationship, I was, $45,000 in debt. Um, you know, I invested in a huge program and basically I left it all on my card. He didn't pay any of it. So I was in debt. I had a 400 uh, credit score. I had to go live back with my mom, which I was very, very embarrassed of uh, because I left kind of on bad terms with my mom. And uh, my pride was so hurt. Um, and I ended up moving into an apartment two months after I lived with my mom for a while. And it was like, it was like 500 feet. It was so tiny. And um, I was so embarrassed, right, at the time I lived there. But that is where it all started for me, where I was like, I'm going to work on my business. And, you know, six months later, that's when I made the most money I ever did. I was in such a good place mentally. I was back, you know, uh, in a really good relationship with my family. Uh, so this is what I tell people all the time. Zero is not zero. There's so much to gain. And I like to think of it like, 
a roller coaster. You know, when you go all the way down to the bottom, there's actually momentum that's building up and then it just keeps better, keep keeps getting better and better and better. And then you hit that peak. Well, that's exactly what happened to me. I hit my lowest low. And when you hit that low, then you'll have the highest high ever. And, you know, each one gets better and better as you go. And you're not as scared because the next time you go on the roller coaster, you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen next. Right. That's such a good way to explain it too, because I remember being before those moments happen, before you can have the perspective shift, it's really fucking scary. And you look at it just like, I'm in debt. I don't have anything like, oh my God, what else is going to happen? But if you can take your mind out of the, what else can go wrong attitude, you will see that there's so much to gain. And now when I have clients who come to me like that, I'm like, you're at rock bottom. Great. This is like really exciting because I feel like you have the fuel now that you know, you need to see change. Oh, you're broke. You want money. Okay. You're going to make it happen. And sometimes when you're too comfortable and you have a little bit of a cushion, I don't know. Like, I, I think sometimes you need that like extra pressure to be like your backs up against the wall. You need to make change because if you're comfortable, yeah. nothing changes. And I, also think that's another reason why we get stuck in those relationships because it's comfortable or it's comfortable to what we know. And even if it's unhealthy, we've gotten used to what's unhealthy. So we stay and it's such a toxic place to be because I mean, I can speak from experience and this is the only reason I can talk about this is because I've been through exactly that. And I, I, I was so embarrassed of what I did and how much I put up with and how much I stayed and just forgave. And, you know, someone once told me like, you accept the love you think you deserve. And I didn't really understand that because I was like, no, I deserve a lot, but I had to really take a look at my self-worth issues and like how I saw myself in those moments because I was accepting this, whatever it was. And it wasn't what I wanted, but I, I couldn't leave. I couldn't understand why. And, you know, mainly a lot of this was happening around COVID too, which shook, I mean, everybody changed around COVID. It showed and exposed yeah. a lot of parts of us that we had never seen before and into experiences and situations that we might've never thought we'd wind up in. So I think it was a big learning curve for all of us to understand what to do, but it was in those lowest moments that I was like, I need to create a business. And I was personally talking to women online who at the time I was just doing um, nutrition and fitness coaching for but I was realizing we all had these commonalities of these mental struggles that we were going through. And I'm like, you know what? I think this is what my calling is. And I just leaned into it really, really hard, even though it didn't make sense. And it's led to this. So it just kind of goes back into what we were saying earlier, keeping your perspectives open to things that you might not be a hundred percent understanding of, but it could open up an entire world to you or stepping out of your comfort zone and being like, you know what? I, might not have anything, but staying in this toxic situation is going to make me into the negative. So at least if you're starting from rock bottom, you're at zero, but there's, you can go either way from there. And it could be such a positive. And one of the other things too, and I know, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but I know it's kind of hard showing up on social media, especially when you're not in the most amazing place. But I think sharing some of that vulnerability and that realness and rawness of what you're experiencing also opens up that audience. And you've been very honest and raw about where you've come from and, you know, being at the bottom, showing vulnerable moments, but also showing the, um, the trajectory of where it's taken you. And, you know, not everyone wants to see perfect. So, you know, speaking on sharing your journey and being vulnerable, what advice would you give to somebody who is in a space where they're kind of scared to do that? 
I think that a lot of more people need to be transparent about you know their entire journey I think that we live in a society where we aim for perfection and I feel like Instagram specifically because I really love TikTok like TikTok is amazing people are vulnerable they're authentic they're themselves and people love it on Instagram if you you're, you're doing that it's not as popular versus let's say a perfect picture a, a perfect family a perfect you know business you know making a lot of money etc and uh I realized that I didn't want to do that because I don't want to give an idea that's completely false life is not a perfect picture it's it's a mess if anything and I became vulnerable because I didn't see everyone doing it and I used to, when I was younger, I used to look at so many of the uh, perfection that I would see on social media and I would be so jealous, right? And then you hear later on behind closed doors, like, oh, it's not really like that. And I was like, well, why wouldn't they share that, right? Because people are afraid that they're going to judge them based off of that. When in reality, you want to be a person of value where you show people that, if I did it, you can't too. Not, oh, I'm here and it's impossible for you to get there and good luck achieving it, right? Right. Uh, I really believe that us human beings are here to help others. And you'd be surprised who is experiencing the same thing. Like for instance, you and I have gone through the same thing. Let's say you were in a state where you were not out of it. And let's say I got out, then that would give you inspiration. Be like, well, wait, you know, she's the same as I, why can't I do it? And then eventually your belief system starts believing that you actually can. Um, I had a lot of people, I was very transparent after my first breakup um, because of the fact that I didn't show anything of the, the bad side of it on social media. So when we had a, um, a breakup, everyone was like, what happened, right? And after that, I was like, I will be transparent because there's so many fake people out there. Yeah. And I had many women reaching out. They're like, hey, this happened to me too. This happened to me too. And I'm like, wait, I'm not alone. There's a community of women out there that are going through physical, mental abuse. Um, I know I was told um, you'll never find better than me. You'll never find better than me. And I started to believe it. You know, I was brainwashed. I was like, well, I want to leave, but I can't because I'll never find better than him. And then when I started actually thinking for myself, that's when I was like, wait a second, these are not my thoughts. Those are right. his thoughts that he's implementing on me. I am better than this. Um, and I believe that um, as women start to believe in themselves and they have someone like a guide to encourage them to leave, they eventually do. You know, and I think it's very important to help those who are not at that place that you are. A hundred percent. And that was like one of the main reasons I started this podcast. And it actually took me, I mean, it's evolved now. It's not just about that. But when it started, it was months after I had gone through this because I felt so quiet. Like I felt like I couldn't speak about it because I had been so just diminished of my identity and part partially like I take accountability for a lot of that. But I also had to start understanding, like, like you said, you start hearing certain things over and over and over again, like you're crazy. This didn't happen. Like all of these things. And you realize that 
those are not your thoughts, but they're being implemented into your head so much. You start believing that. And that's the cost of loss of identity and loss of sense of self is it chips away at you and you start forgetting who you are and what you're capable of. And that's the danger. That's the danger of falling into that, whether it's in a a toxic work environment, a relationship, a family dynamic, anything, you know, when you hear certain negative things all the time, you really do start to believe that about yourself. And so I encourage women not to be complete feminists and like, you know, ditch their relationships and just say, fuck this because that's not what it's about, but it's about standing in your truth so much that you know exactly who you are and you know your non-negotiables and you know what you won't put up with because that is going to have a rollover effect onto every area of your entire life. But if you know who you are and you know what your values are, you will be less susceptible to fall into the trap of losing yourself in somebody else, which can have such long-term negative effects on your soul. And you know, I know there are such big topics right now about the duality between like femininity and masculinity and relationships. And one of the things that has really been hard for me to digest, and I've actually had a few debates with um, other podcasters and things like that, is that men don't want boss women. Men do not want women who are powerful in business and that you as a female cannot have a healthy relationship with a man if you are too consumed with your business which I agree to to a certain extent but the common topic of you cannot be both you cannot be a boss woman and a wife that statement really like grinds my gears and I really want um, other opinions on this because I know you and you have both you have a healthy relationship and you have a business and so does your boyfriend and so do I so I want to hear from another woman's perspective how you view these comments when they are coming from other quote-unquote men's coaches so uh something i actually want to touch on before even uh, we get to like the business aspect is just femininity and masculinity in general so i think that a lot of people get it confused i think that a lot of men don't want a masculine woman in their life, right? And what I mean by this is, and I know it because I have lived it. I got to a certain period where I was completely in my masculine, but because I had to, because I was in my masculine where I was a hurt woman, you know, uh, no man will ever disrespect me, blah, 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 right? I think we all go through these phases. And what ended up happening is I didn't realize that I was actually pushing away the masculine because I was being a little bit too aggressive and no one wants to be around someone where they're like like you better not hurt me or I'm the prize and you know constantly like that it at the end of the day it's it's a partnership right it you just have to go in there based on trust and what happens is a lot of women step too much into their masculinity because they became the masculine that they didn't have so 
a lot of men are in their, uh, you know, toxic masculine. So they're a little bit too far into it. And they're not, you know, quote unquote, real men. So women don't feel supported. So they need to become that masculine support system. Maybe they don't have anyone uh, who um, is going to help them with their bills. So I need to make money. I need to support myself. I need to, you know, all that stuff. And that's also bad too. You know, there has to be a medium where it's like, hey, I am a feminine woman, but I also make my money, right? I take care of myself, but I also take care of my man, right? When a woman's too much in their masculine, they're like, you know, I'm not going to let anyone go by me. Um, and, you know, um, they're just completely lost into it. And I believe that social media has a huge factor into it. So I believe that women do have to go through their own phases, etc. But when you let allow a man into your life you need to know your role of when to play the masculine and when to play the feminine uh, each different task has a median so let's say masculine that is drive that is energy that is go 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 where am I going to use that I'm going to use that in my business because I need to be that person. But if I try to apply the same principles in my relationship where it's like, go masculine, you know, I'm the boss here. It's not going to work. Right. Um, so you need to know when to be in your feminine and when to be in your masculine. What's really worked for me is, you know, when I'm around my boyfriend, I want to be the playful, loving, light person that I am I don't want to be the boss babe that I am in my business I don't want to have to tell my boyfriend do this and love me you know um so I think that a lot of uh, men where they get it mixed up is they believe that a woman cannot be both uh and divide when they need to and they think that masculinity is bad in general it's not a woman can know her values, but also not, you know, overstep. So I think it's important to know the difference. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I think you kind of nailed it to where that, where that, that mix up is, because it doesn't have to be that a woman just can't be masculine in general and that it's bad for yes. her. But what do you expect a woman to do when she's a single woman and needing to strive for herself and create something for herself? Like, what would you, what would you like me to do? And that was part, part of the debate. You know, he told me what you've done for yourself is not admirable. And I was like, wow, that's like really fucking crazy. Because if I just told you that after all that bad shit happened to me, I just sat on my ass and waited for someone to come rescue me. What would you say to that? You know what I mean? So it, it was really interesting because I, I felt like that point that you just made is not seen by men a lot. And that your woman having some masculine traits to boss up her own life and to take care of herself when needed is actually a good characteristic for someone to have. But it's very, very important, like what you said, to have the balance of knowing when to be feminine in your relationship and to know that a woman can have some masculine drive to make sure that things are that things are done and taken care of. Like if something happened to you and you had kids, that woman is going to need to boss up in her masculine to make sure everything is taken care of. And if she doesn't know how to do how to do that, 
there might be some some trouble there. So the balance of it is really important. You don't have to be so far off. Just like how men being in tune a little bit of their femininity is actually a really good thing. But men look at the word femininity and think that's bad. That's completely weak. I can't go there. Like and on top of it, a lot of uh, a lot of the problem that men are not in their feminine is also a problem because the suicide rate for men is at an all time high because guys are being told that they cannot talk about their feelings, they cannot be vulnerable, etc. And the culture has made this like we, we look at the problem, but we're the ones, same ones that created the same exact problem. Um, so. Men too, on the flip side, being too much in your masculine and drive and I need to accomplish, accomplish, accomplish is also a very bad thing. Guys are no longer knowing how to relax, how to love their woman and be vulnerable to her. You know, I, I hate to say it, but now when men are too much in their masculine, they're just like, oh, you know, um, what's love? I don't care. I'm just going to have sex with these girls. That's what they're good for. That's what ends up happening to these men. But really what they're like trying to say is, I just want to find love. And same thing on the girl side, when we're too much in our masculine, I hate men, blah, blah, blah. All we're really trying to say on a subconscious level is I was never loved and I just want that feeling of love and support and being able to relax into my femininity. Right. And that's all I see when you see the, see these extremes of how, you know, extreme feminists or extreme, you know, men on the other side talk is like, you just seem so hurt and so wounded. And realistically, what we need to be doing is creating more of a connection and stop dividing so much because we could do so much better if we were coaching people to be more connected and to understand. But it's I, I think you're right with social media. It's really hard with the content that we're consuming because there's a lot of opinions out there, which is absolutely fine. We live. That's a wonderful thing that we have platforms to share opinions on. But when toxicity is kind of spewed out in 15 second reels about like, yeah. you know, women, this men, this, and it's not educational in a standpoint where we're actually coming together. It's just creating more of a divide and you're leaving these impressions on, you know, impressionable young men and women in their early twenties who have no fucking idea what they want or what like real relationships look like anymore. And all they're hearing is this toxicity about how, you know, women are just good for sex and like, you know, yeah. this, that, the other, you have women who are like, we don't need men. And it's, it's so, it's so toxic, but you can be both. You can be both on both sides. And I really like to empower women to find their own and to make sure that they have something to fall back on in case something happens, which is not a bad thing. But you have men looking on empowerment coaches like myself, looking at me teaching toxicity. I remember when we did this debate, the men were like, oh my gosh, you are encouraging women to be too masculine. I'm like, I'm encouraging women to have a career of their own in case they get dumped on their ass like I did. And I had zero dollars to my name and no car because I relied on somebody so much that I forgot to make sure that I was good. And yeah. that's You'll not safe. Make sure that it's, it's not, uh, it's not I, a safe I, thing to do. I think that financially depending on someone, I could never, you know, I sit there and I'm just like, what happens in case of you know um a disaster or let's say we break up 
I'm starting from ground zero. And, you know, I feel like I've gone there. So I'll never let that happen to me. And I think a lot of women sometimes, I hate to say it, but sometimes we we just trust so much, right? And then we're like, oh, that won't happen to me. He won't, wouldn't do that to me. But any nothing in life is certain. You have no idea what could happen. Certainty, you know, at any time, you know, uh, something can happen. You're like, oh shit, you're out in the street and you're like, what now? I, I let this happen. So now it's always uh, very important that you have something of your own so that it, it's not a backup plan. Because I think also men get offended by that. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. well, you don't trust me to be in my right. Mask. Why do you need a backup plan? No, it's not a backup plan. It's just me being secure. And hey, if this were to happen, I know that I'm not starting from ground zero. But men like to have women depend on them because it makes them feel more masculine. But if he needs that to feel secure, then he's not a real man or he's not uh, really in his um, masculinity and his femininity. Yeah, because you would understand from a pers- from a different perspective that this is like insurance. Because let- let's say even if it wasn't like you don't trust me, you don't think I'm going to leave you. Like, what if there was an accident? What if something happened to you that you know you both couldn't take? You couldn't take care of yourself. There needs to be, like you're right. The backup plan sounds sounds kind of fucked up because that's not really what it is, but it's just making sure that you're good. And I think that's like really cool what you do for yourself too, because you have such a good balance of that. And even if it's a passive stream of income or it's just something on the side, it doesn't even have to be like some huge nine to five. You know, I know some men really want to, and also some women want that dynamic where like the woman stays home, the man has the job, he brings home the money. The woman is just like the the mom at home, which is completely okay and completely fine. And it's a beautiful thing to have that dynamic, but there is nothing wrong with you potentially wanting something for yourself just to make sure you have that sense of security and it's not to shame anybody for their choices but I don't think it's fair for men to shame women for wanting to have that on the side and I really think if you're a man and you feel insecure by your woman having some sort of income, you really should look inward and ask yourself why that makes you feel some kind of way or insecure. Is she fully trusting the situation? Is the situation worthy of her trusting and giving everything to you to rely solely on your income? And maybe not take it 100% personally, but really take a deep dive at what you could do to make that situation more secure. Or if you're a woman thinking that, you know, I can't depend on my man 100% percent maybe those are conversations you can have but this all comes down to communication and connection in your relationship at the end of the day and understanding your dynamic but nothing's wrong with having something that's yours and your own and you know it could even go into maybe it's not money maybe it's just something that makes you happy that's completely outside of your relationship because going back to the loss of identity thing if you are completely consumed in your partner, whether you are on the female or the male end and you are just dumping 100% of who you are, what you are, how you are into your partner, you are slowly going to lose your identity and you're gonna wake up one day and be like, I don't really know who I am anymore outside of my relationship. I'm just so-and-so's girlfriend or boyfriend and I don't really have something that makes me me anymore. And when that happens, you do start to lose yourself. And that I feel like is like the downward spiral. So always making sure you have some passion project or some something on the side that makes you feel good about something that you've done for yourself, I feel like is really important. You know, 
Um, I, uh, speaking from someone who I work with well, tons of women on a daily basis, a lot of them actually deal with identity loss. And I can't understand it because I feel like because of the fact that at a young age, I kind of like found that purpose and I'm like, this is what I'm going to work towards. I sat there thinking of the different dynamics that a lot of women go through, especially having children. So a lot of the people that I worked with, you know, they had uh, children very early on, and then they were a stay-at-home mom, and then obviously the men provided for them. And what ended up happening is they got so lost in being a caretaker, a wife, you know, supporting the husband, um, that they sit there and they get identity loss, and then they're like, wait. What did I accomplish in this life? Do I do I just want to be a mom? And some of, some of them do, which is totally fine. But there are a lot of women where they want to accomplish more in this lifetime, and uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a business. But like you said, a passion project. A lot of women don't take time for their themselves. They don't go out there. Some don't even go to the gym, you know, because they have that feeling of feeling bad of oh, but my children, right? But you can't make it your complete identity. You need to explore passion projects. Maybe it is starting a business. Maybe it's just going out and doing yoga. Maybe it's going out and uh, taking lessons on how to play a musical instrument. It's very important that we're always working towards ourselves before it's too late. Uh, because we always do things only once it's too late. And you're like, I'm completely lost. I'm depressed. I didn't do anything for myself. Uh, so it's always very important and I know I check myself constantly where I get so involved in business and I'm just like, wait a second. I know I love to play volleyball. Mm -hmm. You know, they have a league right down the street. Why haven't I gone? And um, even if you don't want to, you know, go ahead, do it. And you're like, wow, I need to do this often. And then you think of back then, you know, maybe when you were younger, you're like, wow, I used to feel so alive when I did this. And as an adult, you need to remember not to get caught up in the rat race, in the family, in adulting, um, that you forget who you are. Yeah, 100%. I I did that with fitness. I mean, yeah. it's and it's easy oh, to do too. that. I, yeah, I'm sure you can relate. And I just, my coach even like had me on the phone one day. He had me in tears because I was like losing my momentum for competing and for bodybuilding. And I'm like, I just don't even feel like doing this right now. And he's like, do you even know why you're doing it right now? And I was like, I yeah, but no. And I, I just found myself fumbling over the questions and the answers. And I found myself in tears and I'm like, holy shit. And he's like, you need a break. You need to, you need to take some time to like refocus. I'm like, and of course my ego was like, no, I don't, I don't need a break. I'm fine. Like I got this. And he's like, Christina, like, take it down a notch. And I, I had to really sit with it. And I realized the same things you were just talking about. I was just identifying myself as a competitor so hard that I felt like I would lose myself if I wasn't competing or if I took a year off and I'm like, holy crap, I'm getting back in that mindset where I'm just like honing in on something so much that I'm losing other things. And so taking a year off was so important. I realized like I haven't been to dance class in two years. I used to love dancing. I'm like, that was literally what made me feel alive. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make 2023 a year about reinvesting myself into things that make me happy or reinvesting into business or not just that maybe makes me happy because fitness does, but things that are different that aren't just one thing. Different. I remember even when I was a hairstylist for 10 years, I was like, I can't switch careers. I'm a hairstylist. I went to school for this. I'm like, what's keeping me there? And <laughs> 
it reminded me because I would also have a lot of moms sit in my chair and they're like, I can't have long hair anymore. I'm a mom. And I was like, what? Like, why, why, why not? And they're like, well, you know, moms don't do that. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, it was just like eye opening to hear other perspectives from not even things that I've been involved in about people identifying themselves with one thing so hard that they're keeping themselves from experiencing life and so much more. And even from down to the way they looked. So it made me want to be a coach so much just to help other people out of those traps. But it's interesting because like you said, you still have to police yourself a little bit because even when you know these things, you kind of have to check yourself sometimes because you'll get sucked back into it. And you're like, oh my gosh, I've been going so hard on my business that I forgot to take a breather and do something for myself. And, you know, the more you've gone through it, like you said, you've seen it before, you can identify it a little bit quicker and you can kind of like course correct, but it all comes from experience and being open to like, you know, not getting so sucked into something that you don't see the outside bigger picture. Yeah, I think experience is the best teacher. You know, I could sit here and preach all day and say, you know, um, one thing is you can't be too much in your masculine, you can't do be too much in your feminine, etc. But you don't know until you reach a certain awareness of it and you check yourself. And this is why I think that implementing um, like journals is so important because sometimes we'll just get up and we don't even think about our day. We're just going through the same patterns or routines. So when you get like those gratitude journals or like um, just uh, journal prompts, it asks you like, how are you feeling, et cetera. And when you start asking yourself these questions, that's how you can get the awareness and then change what you need to. Because a lot of achieving, accomplishing, et cetera, is a lot of ego. And social media makes it worse because let's say you're in your more relaxing stage, you know, you're like, okay, well, I, I did amazing. Now let me just do more of the things that make me happy. But then you go on social media and then you see, you know, someone accomplished this and then this, or someone just bought a house, new car that you wanted. You're like, no, I can't, I can't relax. I need to go back into my masculine. And it, it really is about stop comparing yourself to where everyone is and know where you're at. If you know where you're at, you know what the next steps on your roadmap are. But the moment that you start following someone else's roadmap, that's when you get completely lost. Right. So uh, yeah, I think that social media is a, a big aspect of that yeah. too. That can be a vicious cycle to get yourself stuck into, like a vicious cycle. Vicious and it cycle. is exhausting. It is exhausting and you will experience so much burnout if you kind of just keep in that hamster wheel I remember my mom told me that at one point when I was at my like I felt like my engine was just revving all the time like I could not slow down it was also back during when I was going through a lot of stuff but she's like have you sat down and just like thought about what you're going through because the second you sit down I feel like your brain is like nope can't do that you have to go to the next thing and that was keeping me so much in my masculine too but in survival mode because I didn't know any better so you know like you said embracing those journal prompts and things like that you'll start living with a little bit more intention and understand why you're doing yeah. the things that you're doing you'll be able to recognize when you need more rest when you need more creativity and and to like settle into more of a creative space and not be so high strung on just like money 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 because money's great but if you are burning the candle at both ends you're not even going to be able to enjoy it or have healthy relationships or friendships or relationships with your family or anything because you're going to be so burnt. So that balance is so important. And that balance 
is femininity, I believe. And, you know, everyone needs balance. So just kind of goes back to that. But um, I could go on and on for that forever. But to kind of wrap this up, I just wanted you to also touch on what you're doing now with e-commerce. That is an entirely you know, foreign language to me, but I think it's really amazing because it's also another thing that I feel like women can do from home. And especially if you're listening right now and you might feel like this episode resonated with you, if you're just kind of maybe in that space where you're a mom or, you know, you don't really have a side hustle or something that's like creating or generating an income stream for you. And maybe this would be something that you could kind of do on the side to make yourself feel better. This could be something that could open up your eyes. Um, it's new to me, but she's an expert at it. So I'll let her explain. Yeah. So, uh, hopping into it was completely by accident. And again, goes back to identity. I was a fitness influencer, fitness coach. I had my own, you know, business operating. I was doing it full time. And I went through this identity shift where I was like, well, what else can I do? You know, I, I had a lot of experience in sales for four years. I was a manager at a store. Uh, so I did a lot of sales and I did a lot of marketing. So afterwards, what ended up happening was I stepped into the e-commerce space on accident. I was just open to trying anything. And I went on YouTube and I started off with drop shipping. So I tried drop shipping for a while. I wasn't really a fan of it. I then uh, got into private labeling, which is basically you making a product of your own. I created three different private labels, which were very, very successful. Uh, I loved it. But the biggest thing that I ran into was that I had to constantly, you know, ship stuff from overseas from like Alibaba took three months. And I was like, there has to be an easier way. And that's where I came across Amazon. And it was, again, by complete accident, I was on a clubhouse, remember that when that was popular, uh, clubhouse meeting uh, with a lot of women entrepreneurs. And this girl talked to me about how she made a million dollars doing this. And I was like, well, that seems interesting. I already stepped into the e-commerce space. It's just a little different. So I tried it. And basically what it is, is you already sell name brand products. So you don't even have to invent a brand. You don't have to go overseas um, and you just have to find it at a lower cost. So I was like, that's cool. You already just sell established brands that are already selling probably millions a month on Amazon and you just get like a little piece of the pie, right? So if I can find that same product, let's say on Walmart, Target, et cetera, and then just resell the same thing on another platform for let's say $10 more, then you're just making profit over and over. So I familiarized myself with that. And I was like, great, this is down my niche, just a little bit different. And I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, And again, by accident, I was like, I tried it a little bit and I started to get the hang of it. I was still really scared uh, because I uh, made so many bad financial decisions trying to get there and not following my intuition. Like I got a a business coach for $10,000. I tried multi-level marketing and I didn't do it with intention. And I know that's why here I was like, I know how this works. I know that you know, ultimately it is pretty passive. I just have to uh, learn the strings of it. And then that same, um, that same month, 
was like the first month that I made like $10,000 in one month. And I actually hired the girl uh, that told me about the mentorship or about Amazon FBA. She was my coach. And then three months later, she was my business partner. I fell in love with it so much. Uh, and I knew how much this could change people's lives. Uh, uh, so now it fast forward, it's been uh, we're going on two years that we've been doing this and we've helped change over 200 women's lives. So now moms, you know, teenagers, uh, we have girls who are serial entrepreneurs that just want to invest their money in another platform. Uh, now they're all working um, from home and we have three students that actually like quit their full-time job, which is really amazing. Uh, so that's what I've been doing now, uh, which is uh, what it's called is just uh, Amazon arbitrage. So you're already just taking one product that's selling, selling it on a different platform for more, and then you just keeping the products or sorry, the profits. So it's been amazing. That's really awesome. And it all happened because you're kind of open to something. You know I what stayed I mean? open. Yeah. I, I cannot say enough. Stay open-minded. I would have no idea that I would literally be doing this because as far as I knew, I was supposed to be a fitness model, um, you know, have my own gym one day and be on, a, you know, I don't know, a cover or in a movie, you know? Yeah. And I sat there and that was a lot of ego. And I sat there and I was like, wait, I want to live a life of purpose. I want to serve. And ultimately, that is the happiest route I chose because to be of service is one of the most beautiful things that people can do. It is 100%. And that's another reason I keep following this passion project and this drive to help women come together and heal their hearts and souls to continue to thrive and wind up in positions like you. I feel like what I'd like to do is be that step along the way. And it's crazy because it it has not been the most lucrative from the very beginning. And I've always had to have something to support it, but I know the mission. And like what you said, when you go into something with intention, you know, it'll get somewhere and you can't expect things to be a hundred percent successful or lucrative right off the bat, but they can be, if you really, really follow your heart and follow where it's guiding you, but you have to stay open to see all those opportunities. So thank you so much for sharing yeah. that. I feel like that is such a huge Thing for not just women but men too to be open-minded to the possibilities of what's out there for you and do not get sucked in to the whole society tells you to be in and you don't have to be yeah. just one thing you can be multiple things so thank you so much for coming on the podcast I really appreciate it I'll leave Sally's information down below um, we also she also has her page FBA Queens on her Instagram profile so you can go and check it out and I'm sure I can speak for both of us when I say our inboxes are open to any questions you guys have or any topics you want to see on upcoming episodes is there anything else you'd like to close out with um you know I just want to leave this uh message is that you know you never know where life is gonna take you so it's very important to stay open-minded and also realize that everything happens for a reason at the time that it's happening, you may not understand why you may be asking the universe, you know, why, why did this happen? But it's only when you decide to get out of it that you realize, wow, it's so much better 
over here. And I'm so thankful for this happening because I wouldn't have become the person that I am today. So I hope that reaches whoever it needs to. Yes. Amen, sis. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so much gratitude for you. And um, yeah, we will see you guys next time on Feels to Speak the Podcast. Bye-bye.